0: Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today we have what I think is going to be the world's greatest jazz education video. This is going to be kind of a mind blower, I think. I may have said that before. This one's definitely going to be it. Um, I want to talk about how to get that quote unquote modern sound that we hear our heroes playing with. Now, there are many approaches to this. This is one approach, but this is something that I think you're going to uh, hear and recognize, and you're going to find out it's actually kind of not that hard to get to, to at least understand what's going on, get under your fingers a bit, and begin to use. Now, with these Digging Deeper videos, the important thing is I want this stuff to be actionable. I want to be as concise as I can. I want to present a point, and then I want you to be able to take it and actually be using it today. I'm never going to present anything that's going to take five and a half weeks before you can kind of mumble it out a little bit. Not interested in that. And for those folks who really want to get organized, I I must say, people ask me a lot about, well, which order should I do the Digging Deeper videos? There's no order. I say this stuff as it comes to me week in, week out. So if you're looking for that progression or a personalized approach, jazzwire.net is where to head. Okay, so let's dig into this. By the way, my t-shirt. I was feeling nostalgic today. I used to have an old Volkswagen bus, and I miss it. I shouldn't have sold it. I shouldn't have sold it. So I tell you what, if any of you has, you know, a nice tricked out Volkswagen bus that you want to just donate to Digging Deeper Jazz videos, that would be fantastic. So just, you know, send me an email, and uh, I'll come get it. (laughs) Okay, so this sound, three pitches. Little group of notes. There is so much to be done with those. So I'm organizing them in my mind as one, two, five. So there you go. There's other ways you could imagine thinking about that group of three notes. That's how I'm thinking about it. Now, when we think about modern architecture, when we think about modern art, you pictured something. As soon as I said that, you pictured uh, a building or you pictured a piece of artwork. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe it was confusing. Maybe it was, it gave you a feeling, right? But there's something that that architect does, something they allow themselves to do or things they don't allow. That's a big thing, limitations. So that modern architect limits their color palette, or they may limit the angles That they allow themselves to work with. They limit the shapes, perhaps. I'm not an architect. I'm making this stuff up, but uh, that's what I see, right? So severe limitations is actually sometimes what makes something seem modern. Severe limitations. Severe, right? So how severe? So severe you only get three notes to play with. You can see on the sheet I wrote a couple little exercises, some ideas of what we could do with these three notes, but we're gonna play them right away so you can hear what's going on. So here's those three notes, item number two. So what I'm doing is grouping those notes in groups of four eighth notes. It's kind of hard to play because it covers the saxophone really quickly. We cover a lot of range with those limited notes. So that's one reason it's difficult. And it is difficult to change the range on any of these wind instruments, right? Or to sing from your highest part of your range to the lowest part very quickly. Tricky, right? One other thing is the music we've played is so based on thirds. There's no thirds here. Everything is a whole step or fourths. My fingers naturally want to go somewhere and they don't ever get to go there. So, So just all the decades of playing the saxophone don't quite help me out as much as they would in many other situations. So it's interesting, right? And on the sheet, I talk a little bit about what makes things sound modern. One of the things is leaving out... The defining notes. So what defines a tonality is the third and the seventh. You'll notice there's no third, there's no seventh here. One of the things that makes things sound modern is wider intervals. Intervals wider than a third. Well, we've got a bunch of fourths in here. So these three notes, this particular collection of notes, really has sort of a lot of this modern stuff going on. Let me play the third example for you. So I played each example down as written, and then I reversed it and played it back up. So even without any harmony behind me, you can hear that, yeah, that doesn't sound like bebop. That doesn't sound like, uh, you know, a standard tune written by Cole Porter or something like that. So all of a sudden, we've got this kind of cool modern sound. So let me do this. What I'm going to do is put on a B-flat blues. And I'm going to play literally those three notes over the entire chorus. I'm not even going to change when the chords change. That's something I could do, but to keep it simple and just so you can hear how interesting this is, I'm going to play these three notes. One, two, five. B flat, C, F over every single chord in the B flat blues. Right, so you're not going to mistake that for Charlie Parker, right? So it does sound different. It does sound modern, I would say. You can call it whatever you want. It sounds different. Okay, cool. That's what we're here to do. And that was not really that hard, right? So we figured out this little interesting grouping of notes. One, two, five. They happen to fit pretty nicely over the blues. The cool thing is it wouldn't really matter if they didn't because we would get some interesting accidental harmonies. And we're coming up to that. So the cool, cool, cool part is coming up in just a second. Now look at the sheet. You can see 25 chords. Yes, I sat around and thought this through. 25 chords that these exact three pitches, B flat, C and F would fit over. So over a B flat major seven, those three notes sound great. They also sound great over a minor 7, or a dominant 7, or a sus 7. How is that possible? They don't have the 3rd or the 7th in there. So they're not definitively, this lick, One three, five, isn't definitively major, or minor, or dominant, or sus, or anything. So now look at all the other chords. That lick would fit over a B major 7 sharp 11, or an E-flat minor 7, or a G minor, or an A7 altered or an A half diminished. So 25 different chords. So you can basically play these three notes anywhere at any time for the rest of your life. No, not not exactly, but pretty close. It's crazy how usable this is. Limitations, right? So when we limit and get something down to a real essence, we find out it has applications, more places. When we play something that is so broad, that is so without limits, that's so big, sometimes it doesn't fit anywhere, right? So this is what the modern guys knew, is to use these interesting little sounds. And they found out that they can actually be used in a lot of places. A modern architect understands that. They'll take a shape or an angle or a shade of white and use it in a hundred different ways, and that makes the piece seem like it hangs together, right, but that that reusing it gives it a minimal feel, a modern feel. So it's, you know, art refers to each other right jazz is a lot like architecture is a lot like painting is a lot like dance is a lot like photography and on and on and on so it's cool to see what goes on in other art forms and see how it relates or informs what's going on now let's make this really really interesting so one thing i'd say is you could start learning this simple little pattern you're going to be surprised at how hard it is to do on some of these instruments you know it's it's an interesting shape kind of fits in a repetitive way on the bass or on the guitar, but, uh, you know, it's a little challenging on some of the horns just to do this small thing. Now, here's where it gets really, really cool. Learn this in a couple different keys. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the blues again. Now, I wouldn't play, I wouldn't improvise with just those three notes for chorus after chorus. It's a little too much of one sound, right? Here's what I'm going to do. This gets very interesting. I'm going to use the uh, those three notes in the key of B-flat, as written. Those were those three notes. And I'm going to play those three notes at a different pitch level. It could be lots of different pitch levels. So don't even worry, I'm just going to tell you I'm going to do it in D-flat, up a minor third. That's hard. This this puts me playing intervals that I haven't usually played. You know, I'm hitting wrong keys. Jeez Louise. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to improvise over the blues, and I'm going to be playing the tonic sound, B flat, C, F. I'm playing a B flat blues. I'm playing that little lick in B flat like I did before. Here's what I'm going to do. Every once in a while, I'm going to throw in those three notes in D flat. And again, it doesn't even matter. Throw them in in some other key. The weirder and less related the key, the better sometimes. Check out what this sounds like. So, what do you think? Uh, Pretty cool. What do you think? World's greatest jazz video ever? Kind of think so. That, and, and that was random. I was literally playing the B flat one for a while, and then I'd play the D flat one for a while. And frankly, I was just trying to play interesting shapes. I was really like drawing a single line and making peaks and valleys, and what would be interesting. And sometimes I think, well, this is too inside. Let me play one of those weird notes from the D-flat one. Now, it's getting a little weird. Let me go back to the first one. And now, that was so limited. Again, would I do that for chorus after chorus in that example? No, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to show off and play my best solo. I'm here to show you what is going on there. Now, did that sound modern or whatever word you'd like to put to it? Yeah. Did it sound like bebop? No. Did it sound like Mm post-bop? So this is an amazing way to get going. So those limitations and that little cell of notes, and some people talk about it that way, cell, cellular improvising, you know, kind of goofy words like that, but just that little group of notes. There's a ton to be done. So get comfortable with that and to do what we're talking about, to make this very actionable today, literally learn it in B-flat, learn it in D-flat, And don't even worry what the relationship is. I don't know. I don't care what it is. I know they're different notes. So I'm playing with light and dark. I'm playing with in and out. And I'm using my artistic judgment to say, I've had enough of this. Let me play some of that. I've had that. Let me play this. The trick is don't let another note bleed in for now. Like that modern architect or that modern artist You have to keep those limitations there. If you've decided, I'm allowing myself these two angles for this entire house, as soon as you put a third angle in, it messes things up. It muddies the waters. So that's the fun way to do this. So give this a try, and I would love to hear how it works for you. I would really like your feedback on, is this working? Was this interesting? Did... uh, Did it answer some of those sounds you've been hearing for years and thought they were so far beyond you? I have no idea what that is, but I could never do it. It's so cool. It's so modern. Turns out pretty accessible, right? So please leave some comments on this. And again, this is the kind of stuff that we get to work on individually, digging deeper and deeper, and really developing these ideas at Jazzwire. So if that's ever interesting to you, visit Jazzwire. Let's get you going there. Okay, well, thank you so much. The DR, I'm sorry, the uh, PDF is always happy to send it out to you so please send us an email and we'll get you this or any of the previous PDFs from Digging Deeper Jazz. Vote this video for best jazz video of all time. Send me a Volkswagen bus. Take care guys. have a good week.